just over time realized that real estate is definitely the best investment in the world. I challenge people all the time that want to tell me something else is, but 20% of the value and you own the property and 80% gets paid off by a third party and it appreciates the entire time. So I cannot figure out anything else that's better than that. A mentor once told me the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago and the next best time is today. And the same thing goes for real estate. We can't go back in time, we can only move forward. Hello and welcome to the Agent Podcast with your host, that's me, Raymond Sholseth. Let's dive in. Hey guys, I'm here with my buddy, Kevin Breitner, coming to us out of Canada. Kevin, welcome to the show. Thanks, Raymond. Good to be here. So yeah. Kevin, why real estate? Uh, I was in the restaurant industry before real estate, and uh, I couldn't do that the rest of my life. It's the fastest way to lose a million dollars, they say, by opening a restaurant. So I've been uh, there. I've been there. That's another <laughs> podcast, but I've been there, man. <laughs> it, uh, it's a lot of fun, the restaurant industry. And uh, my grandmother was actually in real estate, so my father pushed me towards it. And uh, it's almost been 10 years now uh, in real estate, working for Remax out of Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Yeah. Okay. So you're with Remax. It's great. Great company, especially in Canada, right? Like they have a very, very uh, big reputation in Canada. Yes. We are the, in my opinion, obviously I'm a little biased, but we are the best brand. Uh, we have one third of all the production or, or transactions in the country. And our specific office has one, uh, number one in Canada of the Remax offices for number of sales um, transactions, not amounts. So it's pretty cool. We have 17 offices across the West side of the greater Toronto area. And uh, it's best brand. I say that for sure. So I know a little bit about your company and you guys, you guys are just different, right? You guys run different because you have a bigger vision in mind. So I see Cressy behind you. Talk to me about Cressy. What is that an acronym for? Yeah. So Cressy is the brand that we came up with when I started growing uh, again over 10 years, we started specializing in pre-construction and investment about seven years ago. And I, I don't want to be the Kevin Breitner team. It's not about me. It's about our team. It's about our, what we can do for our clients. So Cressy is an acronym, like you said, for complete real estate solutions investments. Uh, we take care of anything as a complete solution for anyone's real estate investment needs. And uh, complete is really what it comes down to. We handle people when they have to move, right? When they do that, we help people invest in real estate, like I was saying, whether it's pre-construction or resale sale or how they're going to do it. Uh, we have a property management division that helps people with their landlords, uh, if they're a landlord and how they take care of their properties. And then even we help investors invest passively through our development and uh, investment division where we flip houses and we have either joint ventures with us or we have just passive investors that want to make some money off their money while they do whatever it is they want to do. How did you get here? Okay, you've been in the business 10 years. Most people have a goal to build, you know, whatever, uh, either a team or make a million dollars in net income. How did you get here? How did you decide that, hey, yeah, we'll help people move. That's fine. But we really want to help people invest. And now we're going to build this property management division and be vertically integrated to be this complete solution. How did you get here? Uh, it, it was definitely a journey. That's for sure. Nothing happened overnight. Uh, I, I, again, seven years now of pre-construction and investment specification. Like I, I absolutely love that side of real estate. You know, I'm, I'm not a very emotional person and re resale is very emotional where investment is black or red. Am I making money? Am I not making money? And it's just math. It's very, very simple. Um, yeah, but at the beginning, it, it was my interest, I guess, that leaned me towards that. I really fell in love with new construction and even flipping, taking something old, making it new again. 
And uh, just over time, realized that real estate is definitely the best investment in the world. I challenge people all the time that want to tell me something else is, but 20% of the value and you own the property and 80% gets paid off by a third party and it appreciates the entire time. So I cannot figure out anything else that's better than that. Um, but it was a, you know, process. You get here, there and figure it out. We started a property management company like five years ago, trying to help out a client of ours that just wanted me to do it. And I thought at that time it made a lot of sense, but then learned a lot of lessons that this was too much for me to take on without the systems in place to be able to get here. And then if you do have that problematic tenant, it takes up more time. And my main job is selling real estate, right? Not uh, managing properties at that time. I was doing it as a, an assistance to our clients. So now we have a whole division that takes care of it. And uh, it's all systematic, run through a, a CIBC trust account and an app so that everything is transparent. Uh, our landlords can have a slush fund for maintenance fees. We handle all the day-to-day. So literally, again, they can have their investment, do what their investment's supposed to do, and that's make the money. And they're supposed to do whatever it is that, again, they want to do, right? We're all uh, completely different as investors and as in individuals, and it's uh, how they want to do and how they want to invest in real estate. We have all the diversifications across to allow people to spread their money out or dip in this or dabble in that and build a portfolio or change their portfolio or whatever people want to do. It's... Uh, it's a fun game when you're on the investment side. Uh, that's for sure. So what percentage of your sales are just selling homes versus investments? So uh, as a team, uh, it's probably close to a 50-50 split with what we do. Uh, personally, myself, I oversee our residential resale division and help out with everything. Uh, I try to work on more of the development and investment side of things, which bring in uh, money for the investors. It brings in inventory for the team. Uh, so there's different things that I can be doing. But as a team, we're probably about a 50-50 split. And on the investment side, I would say you're still probably maybe a 40% pre-construction and 60% uh, resale properties that people get into as a, either a landlord or just something to flip. So what does your team structure look like to manage that? Because they're two very different things. Three, if you yeah. include property management, right? I'm uh, I'm very lucky with the foundation of the team that we've built, and uh, we're currently looking to grow as well again, and we're bringing on some more people to help. But uh, I have my wife, who has been with me now full time for three years, and uh, we have a client experience leader. We have a virtual assistant in the Philippines, so we technically are working twenty four seven with different things that can be done, and then all of our. SEO, social media is done, again, uh, overseas by someone that we work very closely with. And we've that was a process figuring out how you work with somebody on the opposite side of the world, right? So we talked to one in the evenings and we talked to one in the mornings. And uh, that's how everything works that way. But yeah, it's it's the growth is any different. Uh, you're always bringing out a routine or how you can move from one step to the next. But the team in place around us allows me to do everything. We have an office manager that helps out with things that oversees agents with accountability. And then I'm there as well. And then my business partner on the development and investment side takes care of all of the on-site stuff so that I don't have to worry about anything that's going on on-site. So I go to properties once a month versus being there every day to make sure everything's okay. So it's uh, it's about a team and structure. And again, that foundation, and we continue to build up and this is only going to grow some more the way I see it. How many people do you guys have? How, how big is this team? Yeah, we're only a few agents and then an inside sales and admin strong. 
Um, okay. This way, everybody is is taking care of everything. Um, but again, we're actually looking right now to bring on uh, two more agents just to people are busy. And uh, I'd rather make sure everybody's eating well before we start spreading out that pie too thin. So now that everybody's doing well, we can grow again and bring on somebody else and train somebody new. And because our systems are our systems. And that's one thing from the restaurant industry. I was a corporate trainer for Boston Pizza, which is a massive franchise here in Canada. And there's some in the States now as well. Anyways, there's ways to do things, right? And uh, every restaurant has their different way of serving and their touches. Same with us here. We as uh, a real estate team have our ways of doing things so that our clients go through the same process, no matter who is their main point of contact, whatever agent uh, they can work with as a main point of contact, our client experience leader, our office manager, myself, we're all there still to make sure that everything's getting done and nothing's going to drop through the cracks. Uh, and then an amazing CRM system. <laughs> that's uh, that's what keeps uh, everything uh, floating that way as well. So one of the things you've said in in a past conversation you and I had is that you don't do lead gen. What does that mean? Uh, I, sorry, I don't do residential resale lead gen. Uh, we spend uh-huh. uh, we spend our money on looking for investors. Um, I, and that's all I like to talk to, uh, they then fill into everybody else, right? Uh, again, it's the conversation that I enjoy having with people is how can I make you some money with your money? The, hey, do you want to move? Hey, do you want to move your friends, your family? The, the strangers that you meet on the street, everybody gets annoyed of that because they're like, I'm not moving now until another five, 10 years and I'll talk to you then about it. Where what we talk about is relevant to most people at most times in their life. If they're able and ready to pull the trigger, that's a completely different thing. But it's an education that people can always learn so that when they're ready to invest in real estate, they're ready. And I just, uh, I prefer to come at people from that angle because everyone knows you see the Remax balloon, you know, I'm going to help you sell a house when you're moving, but it's earning your trust and proving to you that I'm, or we are the team you want to use uh, to make that move with, or to invest with, or to get that guidance from really at the end of the day, you're about to make a multiple hundred thousand or million dollar decision. You should be talking to someone that one you trust and is, you believe is doing everything in your best interest or should say no is doing everything in your best interest. Where did the investment side come from? Did that come from your own interest or was that kind of nurtured and built by default over time based upon the people that were walking in your door, so to speak? Uh, from me. And, and I guess the other, the other way it kind of came in was realizing how people can use renovations in their own primary residence. Uh, we promote a program up here called Purchase Plus Improvements. Um, most of the big banks out here allow us to do this. And to explain it simply, if you're approved for $800,000, let's say, and you bought something for $700,000, the banks will loan you $70,000, which is 10% of your purchase price. So they'll give you 10% of your purchase price as long as you're still under your approval amount. So $700,000 plus $70,000, we're still under our original 800. So they'll allow you to do that to put improvements into the home. So we've done this on a small scale for people that didn't like the carpets and wanted hardwood floors before they moved in. We've done this with a bathroom or two bathrooms. We've done this nine times now uh, where their clients spent close or more than $100,000 on a renovation where they could get exactly what they want. So when we go back to the pre-construction and the stuff that we sell, whether it's an investment or for an end user to move into, they're doing it because they want something brand new that no one's lived in before or is modern or they, they got to make those choices of the cabinetry and the flooring and whatever. We can do that same thing with a resale property. 
And then you get to actually put that appreciation into your pocket instead of buying that flip house that they put that money into. It's a great way to force appreciation by doing a renovation. Um, the most recent one we just did, they our clients just moved into and we actually did a, a five-part mini-series for them about the entire thing uh, to show them the transformation. And again, for us to talk about the program, but they got a personalized video of their transformation from their new home that was a four-bedroom semi-detached that had six dudes living in it with holes in the walls everywhere when we bought it <laughs> um, to something that uh, down the street just sold for 1.2. And they bought it for 740 and their house is nicer than the one they just sold for 1.2. Uh, but they put $140,000 into their house. They did the entire main floor and upper floor kitchen bathroom. Like it's beautiful what they did and the contractors work as well. So to, to get back to the original question, the investment stuff came with even showing people how in their uh, residential primary residence, it's actually an investment as well. It's making them just as much money or more. In the last few years, uh, people that live in this area have been making more off the appreciation of their house than they have going to work, which is crazy. So it is an investment whether you live in it or not, and there's ways for it to make you more money, even if it's equity that is inside the property um, that you can get down the road versus selling it and as a flip and taking that profit out. Okay, so we were talking about kind of how you got to where you were and where the investment side came from and that it came through you. So picking up there, can you walk me through how you manage somebody who wants to get an investment property? Like, what does that look like? I walk in your office and said, Hey, heard you guys do investments. You know, I have a, uh, whatever, 200 grand to spend. Yeah. So what uh, happens. Yeah. Uh, the first thing always, the way I start with anybody, and whether it's an investment or a house is, well, investments stay there. It's a conversation, right? At the end of the day, I, as investors, we are as individual as our fingerprints. So uh, what we call it is the investor's blueprint conversation. And uh, we kind of map out what this person wants to do. We have a conversation about what their plans are today, what they're hoping to get out of this. Because Sometimes someone just wants to buy one property so that when they retire, they're going to be able to sell that one off. We have people that want to grow a portfolio. You have people that want to get into student rentals. You have people that don't know, and they want to just pick your brain about what could be best for them. Um, again, there's investors that want to be completely hands-off. And then we talk to them about the passive way where real estate is still the vehicle that you're using, and you're just putting money behind it. Or there's others that want to be a landlord and don't want property management. And they want to be the ones that have to go fix a sink or do whatever. And then you have the people that just want to be a landlord, but they still want to be passive. So they want property management. People that want to get into commercial, because in my opinion, that's where you definitely want to get to. It's when the game changes and all the power shifts from the tenant to the landlord, right? Uh, up here in Canada, we are very, very nice people, and we will not kick somebody out of their house unless we absolutely have to. So we can struggle for like six to 10 months to get somebody out of a house while our landlords have to continually carry that house uh, until small claims or whatever goes on. So, yeah, uh, we, we it's a conversation that we start with about who they are, what they want, and, and where they want to get to, and then uh, we start from there. Financing step one, so we know what their options are. And then step two is education, so they can figure out what they want to do. And then from there, we help them do whatever it is they want to do the best way possible. You know, like uh, there's pros and cons to everything in life. So it's, I'm not going to tell you somebody's wrong for the way they want to invest, but there's ways to do a property that's a student rental way better than there is if it's not. Um, just for a quick example, 
uh, up here. Again, it can be a common area in your main room. And then you have all the rooms rented out to five different students and guaranteed sign, a co-signer from their parents instead of renting it out to John and his four buddies. And all you have is John and his parents as a co-signer guarantor. Um, just little things like that, right? People don't understand a lot of the things and they just, uh, everybody understands residential real estate, right? I have a house, you have a house, Frank needs a house, let's buy a house, we'll rent it to Frank. It's it's something everybody gets and the appreciation that's gone on uh, up here over the last decade is astronomical and people see that and they know that that's what they want to get into. And uh, one third of Canada pays rent, which is an amazing number and I didn't know that. Uh, I never thought it was going to be that high. So when people ask me, oh, how am I going to get a, a, land, a tenant? There's a tenant for everywhere. You just got to get in and start, right? Uh, one of the hardest things to do in, in real estate investment is actually buy that first property, take that first leap. Uh, however it is you need to do it. People, I've talked to some people for a couple of years about ideas and what they want to do and they never get into it um, or haven't yet, I should say. Maybe one day they will, but they're just still education. They figured out what their money's kind of going to do and how they're going to feel comfortable. And a mentor once told me the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. And the next best time is today. And the same thing goes for real estate. We can't go back in time. We can only move forward. Yeah, 100% truth in all that statements. I guess let's focus on the investment side of it, right? So let's say there's a real estate agent. They've had their success with, you know, moving people, as you like to say, and they want to get to the investment side to work with more investors and develop those relationships and move that direction. What are some things that you would share with them to help them start that journey and, and have those conversations with the right people? That is definitely a different conversation. Uh, if someone says, like, that's for, when I, if someone says to me, oh, I want to buy that pre-construction for either I'll move into it or, or I'll rent it out. It's a possibility. I have to answer that question first because they're two totally different conversations. If you're going to move into it, we have to talk about way different things than if you're never going to live in there. Right. If you're not going to live in there, it doesn't matter. Right. Even if you don't like the area or if you don't like the layout of the room, that's what you can afford. It's what you're going to get. And it's going to start paying you somebody else's rent. Right. You're going to start collecting money and you just have to start. So we're talking about two different conversations. Right. Yeah. But if, if I'm a real estate agent and I've been selling people homes, you know, buyer's agent, listing agent, whatever. And now I want to service investors. How do I get started? servicing investors yeah so what's my get, first step uh figuring out what you want to start with we started with pre-construction uh because you know if you're going to talk to people about flipping or pre-construction they're completely different things but pre-construction was where i started i got really good at that niche i understood it at all how to explain it and we grew out from there it is a very big world the investment side of real estate we don't have every division covered but i know people that can do everything that you want to do. We specialize in what we specialize right now. And as we continue to grow, same thing. So to get started, start small uh, and build, right? Build for tomorrow as you keep going and, and learning, but specialize in a niche first and get really good at that or stick with one. And then don't give up. Same thing like real estate. Real estate is a hard business. One of the things I tell our new members all the time that join us is that 75% of people that get their license aren't still licensed in two years. And when I first um, hit my two-year anniversary, I remember talking to my manager. I did a little dance. I was really excited. And I went downstairs and she goes, oh, Kevin, sit down. She goes, 25% that you're a part of 
still will not be here. It's only 20% of the 25% you're a part of. So 5% of the original 100% are there in five years. That's astronomical. It's crazy. It's huge, right? So people give up a lot along the way. Um, everything that we have built and done has not been easy. There has been challenges. There's been roadblocks. Selling pre-construction, you get paid in the future. So when I started that, I was hustling, selling resale to feed our family. And then I was making paychecks that were going to come to me in three years. And so you're doing all this extra work for no money at that time, but it's for that future benefit uh, down. Like, then I got to a point where I remember this is, um, we don't get paid checks anymore. Everything gets deposited electronically. But I remember going to my cubby hole every once in a while, I'd be like, mail, pull out the mail, a check. Right? And then you open it up, it's like, oh, from this property I sold three years ago. Amazing. Um, but that's all because of that hard work at the beginning to get to that point. So uh, don't give up whatever you're going to do. And become that expert that professional at, at that uh we are now becoming the expert in all of investment but it started with a pre-construction specialist uh that's what i used to say i'm a pre-construction specialist now it's pre-construction and investment specialist um i've learned a lot over the years and that's what i enjoy so i'm concentrating on that but at the same time i bet you i've lost residential resale business because i've only been wanting to do investment stuff and i've had friends and family say Oh, I didn't know you still sold houses. I thought, because for a while we broke off from Remax and started to build a brokerage um, that was an investment-based brokerage. That's what we were trying to do. And uh, they were confused that the new brokerage could still sell them a house because all I ever talked about was investments. So I had to make a decision. Do I be mad about the business I'm losing or happy about the business I'm gaining and what I'm doing? So I, I definitely have stuck with everything and continue to pursue everything to where we're going to eventually get because we're still nowhere where I want to be with everything and all the plans. So step one, choose a niche. Step two, don't give up. Step three, start having those conversations, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then eventually you're the expert. People are going to start coming to you. And that's really when it gets great. And then they're asking you a question and leads are, and people call your phone instead of you trying to call them. It's way better as an agent, right? That's, that's But that's becoming the expert. It's so you see it in resale, people call the big teams, right? The ones that have the market share and the domination and their faces on the buses and whatever, but they get called, right? Same thing with us now. We get called for pre-construction and investment advice. I get, I'm on the west side of Toronto and I get calls from people on the east side of Toronto, which is well over a two-hour drive for me to get out to there, but the conversations are the same. I help them and then I send them off to somebody that can help them over there, just get them started. But no, it's, Yeah. Stick with it and be a, become that expert that they want to talk to. I love that. What are a couple of things that you wish you knew coming into the real estate business? If you could go back in time and take a couple of things with you, what are a couple of golden nuggets that you wish you knew coming into this business? I wish I tracked things sooner, to be honest. Uh, at the beginning, I really didn't care about tracking things because I was just trying to do better than I did last year. You know, I, I did okay and it was do better than okay keep trying to do okay and um I, I i now know that if you that's the only way to measure and improve something is if you're looking at it on a weekly monthly basis so tracking is very very important and investing in a good crm i wish i did that sooner as well uh, i'm not the most organized person i'm scatterbrained i'm all over the place i'm taking care of a million different things luckily i have the crm and people in place is to make sure i keep going forward but um there are lots of crms out there and just find one that fits yours and start using it and use it like as much as you can. I, I would have phone calls and not write them in. And then you'd forget like I, that is so, so, so important. And I used to think that it 
It wasn't as important. Again, going back to the restaurant industry, I could do a table of eight orders in my head. I have a very good memory like that. But that doesn't help me six months down the road when I'm talking to that person again. It's like, oh, you had a kid, right? What was their name? Now I can't remember, right? Where if you just write that in the notes, that's one thing that I learned from my wife. She's a nurse by trade. And in the hospitals, if it's not written down, it didn't happen. So uh, same thing. That is our model now here at the team. If it's not written down, it didn't happen. So everything gets written down. I don't care how small anybody thinks it is. It could be very, very big and important later on down the road. So uh, that's the two biggest things. Track so you can improve and record everything so you can look back and remember what it is when you're going to have a chance to talk to them again, because that will definitely impress them. I, I just signed up a new buyer the other day from a lead I generated three years ago who I haven't talked to in probably two and a half years. And uh, she's just been on her email drips or whatever. And then uh, we hired a new inside sales guy. So I was doing calls and he was shadowing me. And next thing you know, she, her son is now signed up with us as a buyer for one of our agents to run around and buy a resale property. Just because of that initial fall or not even an initial fall, but the beginning to build a relationship. And then the constant drips and emails to share what we're doing. And people raise their hand when they're ready. If you've implanted a spot in their brain already that you're the person that they want to have help when the time's right. That's great points. Great points. I love it. Thank you. Um, where can everybody find you if they want to reach out, if there's somebody in Canada that needs an investment property or somebody just wants to have a conversation, what's the best way to get a hold of you? The, uh, the fun little tagline is uh, connect with us today at Cressy.ca. <laughs> but no, seriously. Uh, <laughs> love that. We, uh, That's great, man. Yeah. Right. Uh, we're all over Facebook, um, LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, our websites, obviously Cressy is, is the brand It branches out from there. So Cressy.ca is the website that'll take you anywhere from there, whether it's property management, development, investment, or even if you want to search out pre-construction or a house here in the Toronto area, but yeah, that's the best way. Real estate at Cressy.ca would be the best email to connect with somebody as well. And then, uh, 289-266-3038, uh, would be our office number to get to the team to see uh, Diane, our client experience leader, and she could direct wherever it had to go from there. But uh, yeah, uh, Cressy.ca is the best place to start. It's information-based, and we really believe in education first. After when you're educated, you can make a really smart, informed decision, whatever it may be. Kevin, this has been fun, man. Thanks for the education on uh, investment side of things. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Hey guys, it's Ray. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Thanks so much for being here and we'll see you on the next one.